Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Welcome to Mitchell Levy Presents AHA Moments. Mitchell is a thought leader, entrepreneur, and TEDx speaker who helps you think big and lead an authentic life. Each week, Mitchell gives leaders the inspiration they need to make a greater impact and share their genius with the world. Now, here's Mitchell Levy. There's a show I run called Grow Your 1099 with Josh Jones. It's focused on the direct door-to-door selling industry, and there's some really phenomenal episodes and topics we cover. This particular episode is on work-life balance, and it's really simple. If you don't have it, make it. If you have employees that don't have it, try to give it to them. And if you can't do that, it might be time to get rid of them. There's so many aha messages in this episode that I'm absolutely looking forward to you listening to them and receiving your feedback. Please reach out. Let me know what you think. Thanks. Bye now. Um, I am I am Josh Jones. I am the author of Don't Knock It Till You Knock It, which is going to be released pretty soon. Um, the author of 300K at 26 and the CEO of Elite Energy. Mm. And yeah, I am I am excited. You have good names. Uh, let me just say you create good names. I I still like I am I am so proud of that moment when all of a sudden I, I actually I sent a few ideas for the for the name of the book and um the one that I liked the best is the one that Mitchell was like, Yes, that one. Don't knock it till you knock it. Yeah, okay. well even even Elite Energy, the name of your company is pretty cool. Yeah, I um, <laughs> it's a funny story how how that name actually came to us. Um, the company that Paul, my business partner, and I were actually leaving, um, we went to a training that they gave, and um, the person who was like the, the the VP of sales did a training, and we we had actually gone to that training thinking, you know, what are we going to name our company? Like, we need to think of a name of it. And the title of his training was Be Elite. Hmm. And we were just like, nice. okay, yeah, nice. we will be elite. <laughs> so it just, the name stuck and absolutely, absolutely love it. But That's great. Um, anyways, today, actually, since you just got back from a, was it a four-week long vacation? Yes. Since you just got back from a four-week-long vacation, I wanted to actually do something a little bit different than what we've done before, and I wanted to interview you. Awesome. Um, one, of, one, of <laughs> Mitchell's, one of Mitchell's specialties, um, so just, just so everybody knows, one of the things that he does is he is able to um, do, do an interview with you where he tries to pull out the just the the amazing ideas, the great content, the, the inner genius is, is what he says and turn that into basically a book. And so that's, that's how my don't knock it till you knock it um, came to be was, was through an interview with, with Mitchell. And so Mitchell probably doesn't get interviewed quite as often I would imagine. And so I wanted, I wanted to interview Mitchell though about work life balance and that's one of the first things that I noticed when I, when I met Mitchell is he does this uh, trip once a year. That's basically a, a recharge. 
to recenter his life, focus on his priorities and just see what direction he's heading, take a step back, look at kind of take a snapshot of his life and see what he's going to change or do differently or, or keep doing. And so I want to, I want to hear more about that Mitchell. So first of all, I want to know what made you start doing that? What, what was, what was life like and, and, and what led to that? Oh, no. So great question. So I, I actually am I'm on the radio four or five times a week. So I'm actually interviewed often, but it's more for the book stuff. And, and as you were talking, I'm thinking, God, the last time I was interviewed for work-life balance was, you remember the book, uh, Tim Ferriss's Four-Hour Workweek? Mm-hmm. Yep, so yep. Tim actually interviewed me for the book. Um, and the, because I was a publisher, I think the publisher decided not to use my story. But I'm in the acknowledgments of Tim's book because I was interviewed for Tim's book on work-life balance. Cool. Because uh, we were already in the process of doing that. But it, the way I spin it today, it's a recharge reset for Mitchell Levy. But that's not really how it started. How it started, um, uh, I, I'm in Silicon Valley. And, and for those that are entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley or even anyone who's working in the Valley, it is very easy to be working for – uh, 12, 16, 18 hour days. And so it was during the dot-com days, my son was, was born. The whole first year went by and I, as a dad, I didn't spend as much time with him as I wanted. And as I was talking to other, other both fathers and mothers of like, Hey, how do you, how do you run life differently? I got this idea. And somebody said, you know, hey, you only got one kid. Why don't you make, pick a particular day. You'll take, I was working seven days a week, you know, somewhere around 14 to 16 hours a day. And and so why don't you, because you can, there was that much business. It was crazy. But they said, hey, why don't you take a day off and spend it with your son? So I'm thinking, God, how cool is that? So I'm, I went to my wife and I said, listen, I got a present for you. I'm going to take every Sunday off. And I'm going to, I'm going to make, call it daddy Duncan day. And we're going to, we're going to actually spend time together. Uh, and, and, and because my mom, uh, my wife was primary home care. I was thinking the present was, I was giving her an entire day off. Now she was really smart. Her immediate response was, okay, that's a great gift for you. What about me? And I'm like, and all of a sudden I realized that I was not looking at that situation properly because you know, if Still, if you're a primary home uh, caregiver and you're with a child six days of the week and, and the other parent is with the child one day a week, guess who's the fun person and who's the disciplinarian? <laughs> so she figured that out right away. So, mm-hmm. so for me, we had probably 16 years of Daddy Duncan Day until at 16, my son was like, ah, I don't know, Dad. And so then it went to like once a month and then, you know, 17 and of course, now he's off at college and we just, we don't get that anymore. But it was oh, absolutely spectacular. But anyway, going back to my wife, she immediately said, what about me? And I realized since I really wanted to give her a gift because I, I, there was not a lot of time, not just for Duncan, but for my wife. And, and so I, I said, give me a couple minutes. And I just, I was sitting there and I was thinking about it. I go, okay, what, what is my, like, my wife like? What does she want to do? What is exciting for her? And I immediately said, how about we do this? I'll take anywhere between four to six weeks off a year, 
if you book us into some European city, and if, if you do all the work, do all the planning, all the booking, all that, I will make sure that I do my business there. And, and we had this back and forth for about 20, 30 minutes of, yeah, sure, you're going to take time off. Yeah, sure, this is not going to happen. I said, no, no, really, this is going to happen. So it turns out our first trip, uh, our son was two years old. We've been doing this now. We just finished our 18th year. Our son was two years old. And so what we do is we, we rent a place. Uh, in this case, we had – it was a farmhouse out in the country in France. And it had – can't remember, but it slept like 12 people. And so then we told our, you know, booked it six months ahead of time, told all our friends and family that we're doing this and come visit us. And, uh, and it turns out nobody kind of believed us. So we had two guests, I mean, two sets of guests come. And I'm like, uh -huh. God, why are we really doing this? And, and just to fast forward, the following year we were in Italy, we had 28 people come visit us because they actually didn't <laughs> believe us. But the the interesting part, just as this work life balance. So here we are. We're in. We're. What's important is having internet, and and so at least I can keep up with what's going on. And and typically the rules were when we have friends and family during the day, I'm not working at all, so I'm completely turning off. And then at night, when everyone goes to sleep, I get on um, email. And so probably the third or fourth day I was there. There was this email that I deleted and I said, wait a second, why did I, you know, because you know how we go through email, we go delete, 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 delete. So there's an email I deleted and I reread it and it turned out it was from the conference company Comdex. Comdex was the preeminent conference focused on IT and it was run out of Vegas and they got to the point where like 150, 200,000 people were coming and they had, the note was um, our person running the e-commerce conference disappeared, we're in trouble can you run this conference for us? And so then the thing is, because I committed to my wife and family and friends, I actually had to ask permission and we didn't have any guests at the time. And so it turns out that I, uh, we then went back and forth and I ended up writing the conference program and booking 60 speakers from this house in France and, and ended up running four, uh, four, no, five different conferences for Comdex. It was absolutely spectacular. And uh, so I was able to get stuff done, book speakers, make things happen, but I needed permission um, because the biggest thing when I go overseas, it's friends and family first and anything work related second. And, and that's the, the rest of the time. I, I think how I've balanced my life. Oh, I'll come back to that. But that's kind of how it, that's actually how it originated. It was a gift for my wife, which I, I and my son get a lot of pleasure and we've had so many guests throughout the years. It's, it's just, it's an amazing way to live. Huh? How have, how have you noticed? So when you, when you come back, so like right now you're, you're at this, this period where you're just coming back. How, how do you notice your work is different or just your life is, is changed from that trip? Oh, it, it's, it's absolutely huge. And I think it's, this happens, Josh, I don't think this has happened to you yet because it will happen when you get older. What happens is when you see your kids graduating high school and graduating college and getting married, you're going to feel like you're the same person 
right? Except your body is going to have more gray hairs or less hair and you're going to be or more weight or like life is, you're the same person, right? As humans, we're the same people regardless of how old we get. But, but we're, there's a point in time where, you know, when you're young, you're hoping to get older so you could do all these newer things. And then, and then there's a point in time where you don't want to get old anymore and, and life sort of progresses. What typically happens is we put ourselves on autopilot. And so what happens with my business is I put, we all put a plan in place at the, you know, typically we, typically we all do our planning around Christmas time and we put a new plan in for the new year and we start anew. And, and I do that too financially. What I'm using these trips for is, is exactly what you said is, what am I doing in my businesses? Am I doing the right things? Am I going, I spent a year or technically 11 months executing on what I've thought about the last time. Because when you get out of the day to day, first of all, as an entrepreneur running a business, I'm going to tell you, is, is my business running effectively? Did, you know, as right, you're in the middle of running a book, did, other than not running our shows, did the book look any different? And the answer for you was no, we still moved forward. And with most of all our authors that did, there was one author that, that the stuff really, everything hit the fan. And there's a particular reason for that, which I, which I don't need to air dirty laundry here, but there was something, there was a process that didn't work for a certain type of person. And I realized, oh my God, my business doesn't work for this type of person, this type of somebody who's, who's more of an oral speaker and processing of information. We need a new process. So, A, that's one thing I need to do. But the other thing is, it's what am I doing next, right? If I'm spending energy on going in these three paths, are these the right three paths? And which of those do I need to stop and which do I need to move forward on? And I'm, I am, I can't even begin to tell you how charged I am right now. I am completely recharged because... And I think you and I had a conversation earlier this week and it was simply, what do I like doing? What do I get pleasure out of? And part of what, so, so I've got this company, we our go to market strategy. We'll look you in the face. We'll say, listen, we could do a book for you. I do it to our interview. My team does the ghostwriters. I mean, my ghostwriters do the writing. We've got, we just hired 12 new ghostwriters. Hopefully at least three or four will we just hired 12 new ghostwriters this week. So that was part of the part of the vacation too is why are we having problems with ghostwriters? And the answer is, well, they're not taking the test. And I go, and because what we would do is we'd have a ghostwriter and we'd encourage them to take a test before we started paying them. And I said, mm-hmm. well, tell them we're going to pay them just to take the test. So we hired 12 people. We paid them small amount, just 10 bucks to take a quick test. And I, uh, I just saw this morning one of them dropped out. Like I said, if we're lucky we get to keep three or four of them. One of my ghostwriters, my best one, I just said, hey, I'd like to start mentoring you because I want you to be the ghostwriter of ghostwriters, right? So, mm-hmm. so it's, but those are things on a day-to-day basis I hadn't really thought of. And what I really love is having this business running and then working with a small number of firms and individuals and helping them drive success that really hands-on sort of strategy and then high-level execution where we use our resources to get successful. So that's why 
I started talking to you about what you and I are doing. I think I have a slots for five of those. And I think I'm, I've got two pitches, two proposals out. So, so what's interesting is I'm going to make my business more efficient. The things that I saw that are broken. And mm-hmm. there are so many things I was working on that I'm, that I basically I'm just going to drop because they're no longer relevant. And, oh, I don't know if I told you this yet, so I'll officially announce it here. Um, we're in the midst of creating a AHA That radio station, which oh, cool. will be 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And what it will be doing is, is we are going to encourage our authors to read their own AHA books. Hmm. And then we'll have, I've got somebody who will do an expert interview. So we'll do a 15-minute interview of you, of what you do, and you'll be able to read your AHA book. And then that content will play 24 hours a day on Oh, Steam that is so cool. That is yeah, so cool. So well, it's one of, one of the things that I'm, that I'm hearing right now. So this is, I want to, I want to try did to I, did that. It. By the way, did I take too long answering that question? <laughs> you did all right. You did all right. I, well, so what I'm, what I'm hearing from, from what you're saying, um, I want to, I want to try to apply this to, to everybody who's listening to this. Okay. Then I'll shorten my answer. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the, the, uh, the thing that I'm hearing is it sounds like, you want to enjoy life. Sounds like you want to do oh, no, what you so, love. So let's, let's take the I want to. I do enjoy life. You, you enjoy life because you take the time to step back, step out of the day-to-day, change your, change your schedule, change your environment, change everything that you're doing, and almost it almost seems like you're looking at yourself in third person and doing an analysis of, okay, what is, what is Silicon Valley Mitchell doing right now? Cause this is, this is England Mitchell. This is, this is, I'm, I'm out here in the UK or Europe. This is European Mitchell who is very much going to see what's going on over on this side of the world. Look at it, analyze it and realize, wait a second. I, this is something that I'm doing that I don't necessarily enjoy. I'm going to change this and do, and do what I enjoy. And it seems like the thing is you, you, you're at some point you're going to start doing something that's not enjoyable, or you're going to have something that is just, you're not passionate about. It's part of life, right? That, That happens, right? But it is extremely important to take that step back and do take an inventory of where you're at and then just say, Hey, this isn't where I belong. This is what I need to do. And that's, that's for me. Uh, we, we had, we talked about this like what, three months ago. That was, that was the time when I was actually transitioning away from something that I took a step back and I realized, you know what, this isn't where I belong. This isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. And I just, I made a change because I love life. I enjoy life and I wanted to keep loving and enjoying life um, by making, by making a change. So, yeah, that's so, so I think that work-life balance, so if you're working for somebody else and there's nothing wrong with working from some, for, for, for somebody else, so do you really love what you do, right? And the answer is, eh, I'm getting a paycheck. So here's the thing, and I've coached tens of thousands of people. So here's the first thing I'll say. If, if what you're doing today that we'll just say is your financial sponsor, if what you're doing for your financial sponsorship is not what you love doing. Well then, and you're working, 
keep your financial sponsor, i.e. keep your job, and then spend a couple hours every week, whether it's two hours or five hours or 10 hours, but spend some time every week focused on what you really love doing and see if you can make money at it. <laughs> and if it's, if you can ever make money, then it's a hobby. If you can do it in such a way where you're making money, think about, well, if you did it more, if you put more energy, more energy on it, could you make more money or could you? So for me, I start hobbies, right? And, and I try to monetize my hobbies. And, and so the radio station, you know, I, I talked with, uh, it took a while for me and this new partner to realize and to give him an understanding of how he could transform his business by using this as an asset. And it's not going to make a lot of money the first couple of years, but if it's super successful, it could be huge sometime in the future. It's a hobby, right? I mean, hobbies are not necessarily bad things. Um, it's important to see if you could turn your hobbies into businesses while you're still enjoying what you're doing. And, and so that's what I'd say is figure out if you can have multiple irons in the fire, you can't start them all at the same time. Uh, mm -hmm. Have multiple irons in the fire and you could get things in place where you have fun, love life, make money. Uh, for me, I technically, I could work. I don't have to be in Silicon Valley. I could work anywhere else. It's just one of the things you asked me, what's it feel to be back? There are two things that one always misses. I always miss my bed. I always miss my shower. I mean, now in this case, we had a phenomenal shower. So shower was okay. Bed, as much as I liked the bed we were at, the bed was great. But what I miss most is when you're in your home environment, when I'm here, this is my garage, by the way, when I'm here, I am so productive. And when I'm working off a laptop, I'm only partially <laughs> productive. And so I still, I, when you, when I miss this home environment for a month, I come back, I'm like, oh my God, I love, I love this. This is great. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's, it, you get to appreciate what you have that's working well. If you came back and you're like, oh, I don't like my home environment. It doesn't work well. Then I would say fix it. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, that, that reminds me of my, my career starting door to door. Um, what you're just talking about. I was thinking about the idea of stability. Mm -hmm. And when I didn't have stability, when I was just traveling around from town to town to town to town, I sucked. I did horrible at sales. It was, it was actually pretty, pretty tough. The times when I did the best was when I had a place where I could actually plant down and stay in the same place. And that's actually, I have been working in the exact same town. Like this is, this is something in, in door to door. I don't know if, if I, I know many people that have done this. I don't actually know if I know anybody, one other person, maybe two that have done this. I've been in the same town for almost three and a half years. Same town, one single town. And That's crazy, by the way. <laughs> so when I first started, I couldn't stay in the same neighborhood, basically, for more than a couple days. And then I started trying to stay in the same neighborhood for a week. And what I noticed is the longer I stayed in the same place, I would build up a network. I would build up a customer base. I would get referrals and I would, I would get momentum in a neighborhood. And that's actually, that's happened over the last few years is I just have incredible momentum 
in one single town. If mm. I go somewhere else, <laughs> I, I lose all of that momentum and I have to start all over. Um, it seems like your office, the, the area that you have, it's almost like your, your sanctuary. It's, it's where you're settled down. It's where you're the most productive and it's where you have your momentum. You have that routine. You have those things that you do. You have it set up exactly the way you want to be the most productive. And for, for door to door, that's actually, that's what I've done with my town. I know my town, like the, like the back of my hand, it's just, it is, it is a part of, of it's, it's basically my office is that town. Mm. That's where I've, that's where I've chosen to, to settle, settle down. Nice. But without that stability, without that kind of that base of operations, it's, it's a little bit more difficult to be successful. I think um, some people can make it work, but it, it probably depends on your personality. Hmm. That's interesting. And you've decided to take, to, to, to follow this and take, take, take some time away from the day to day yourself. I have. Yes. So actually I'm, I'm um, planning on taking a trip in January, um, probably to Central America to take a month away. Just take, take that time and just recharge and re-energize just cause, nice. um, for one, I don't like being cold. <laughs> I hate being oh. cold. <laughs> well, well, just wait, global warming, it'll get better. Yes, we were just talking about that. I'm going to have beachfront property, and it's going to be tropical in Connecticut. So, um, but no, I just I, I I really like that idea that you have. I, I like what you do of just having just taking a, an entire month and just saying, "Hey, we're going to step away. We're going to just have family time, and then also it's going to be time for me to reassess and just see see the direction that I'm going." And, um, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that, that recharge. Actually, I don't think I've taken a vacation longer than a week and a half. It's one of the things you'll notice, Josh, is it's, it's pretty spectacular. And then it's part of the, during the year. So doing the 11 months where, I mean, I still, we don't really take holiday during those 11 months. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll go to, I'll go to different, like, uh, last trip I made to Atlanta, I borrowed a couple of days on both sides and met with friends and met with prospects. Right. And, and so we do that as well. But during those 11 months, then you've got an excuse to even not necessarily double down on your work, but work harder. Hmm. Right. Because you're like, like, Oh man, I'm really busting my butt. I can't wait to, in your case, I can't wait to January. I can't wait to my next trip. Yeah. Right. And, and you, you, you have in your mind now, by the way, you, you still need to make sure you make time for all the, all your kids and, and your wife, right. Uh, during the year, but it gives you, it, for me, it really gives that third party objective view of what's on my plate and, and either, and if I, by the way, if I want to get rid of it, here are my choices. Um, do I have clients that are interested in it? If the answer is yes, then getting rid of it means I'll hire somebody else to take care of it, <laughs> right? So I productionalize and hire it. If, if it's prospecting and there's at least three or four prospecting things that I've been doing today that I will not be, or that I was doing yesterday or before my trip that I'm not doing tomorrow, right? Because, you know, spent a year, tried it, doesn't work. 
doesn't make sense, not getting the value out of it and not enjoying it as much as I would want to. So I'm like, uh, do I need to do that next year when the, when the opt-in comes in? Uh, probably not. Right. So the, it just, it, to me, the work-life balance is, and if, if, for those who watch the Ted talk, if you, if work equals play, I, if you love what you do, work equals play. And if work equals play, then you could play all the time. And so whether or not I'm playing day to day here in Silicon Valley, closing business, or whether or not I'm playing in Scotland for a month, which by the way, Scotland was really amazing. I, I, I did actually get to close business. Um, we've closed more business. We, I've closed more business on my vacation to pay for the 18 years holiday times three, even though I technically don't work. <laughs> okay. So it's not that I'm closing it. It's just that things happen. Right. And, and so I just, uh, I love it. And, and just as an aside, I'll give you one, one last thing. It, if you're religious in any way, at some point in time, you're going to want to make your way over to, except for Mormons, I think, but you're going to want to make your way over to Jerusalem, the, the sort of mecca of the religious hub spot. Oh, no, no, it is, it is too. It's still Jerusalem? Okay, got it. So, yep. thank you. So, <laughs> if you're a golf religion, if, if golf is your religion, then at some point in time, you have to make your way over to St. Andrews. So we were in Edinburgh for a month. I was an hour away from St. Andrews. Our first guests were somebody we met three trips back who have now, they live in London and they now have joined us on each of our trips. So they've joined us last year in Rome and this year in, in Edinburgh. And his best friend of 40 years, it lives in St. Andrews. And so he said, hey, you want to play golf? And I'm like, playing golf and say, it's like going, it, it's, it's like going to Jerusalem and then being asked to be part of the service. Right. So yes, count me in. Right. So it turns out I played the best golf game of my life and had a golf shot. Like their sand traps are like four feet tall and I was mm -hmm. in a sand trap and, and, and I was barring a uh, guy I was golfing with, I was barring his son's clubs and his shoes and, and uh, he showed me how to use the sand trap. And it turns out that in my 18 holes, I got to practice it often. So on the 17th hole, I am probably 25 yards from the, from, from the hole. I'm in a sand trap. And I hit it out of the sand trap. It landed on the green. And it rolled to the hole and fell in. It was <laughs> it was the best golf shot of my life uh -huh. on a course in St. Andrews. I'm feeling like, you know, from a God, I've hit, I've hit the golf religion God. I don't, I don't, if I never play ever again, I've had the shot of my life. And, you know, if you don't make time, like when we were in the UK last time, we went to Stonehenge. When, when we're in Ireland, we go to the Cliffs of Moore, right? If you don't make time, in when you're young enough to be able to travel, you may not get to see the wonders of the world that exist. And, and really, Josh, I think the best wonders of the world are the people who live locally. So when you, for us, when you, when you, when we went to house, we don't go when we travel and we, we don't get in a suitcase and go from place to place. We rent a house for a month. We have friends and family come visit. 
And then what happens is we get to encourage other people to enjoy a part of life that, you know, they, many of the people, this is first time getting their passports, first time leaving the country. And then meeting locals and interacting with them and seeing how they live their life. That's also a really nice part of the travels. Nice. Oh, well, I'm, I just, I'm, I'm so excited for what I've, what I've got um, planned because of you following, following your example. Oh, that's so cool. And uh, I just, I'm, I'm thinking of places where I've worked before where like right now I'm, we're encouraging people to take time off, like step out of the day to day. Don't, don't work all the time. Like that's not what life's about. It's not about just, it's about actually taking that time to recharge. And that's, that's not what you hear in most places. Most places it's, you're a piece of meat. I want to, well, maybe it's not like that in most places. I've worked in places like that where you're basically supposed to work until until you're too tired to, to work anymore. Like you just, there's, there's no encouragement of taking time off um, in places that I've been before. And you know, it, it's, it's interesting. I'm finding that's changing slowly. So I met a number of business owners when I was in Edinburgh. I met a guy. Oh, beautiful. Hi. What's her name? This is Sunny. Sunny. Hi, Sunny. Thanks for saying hi. hi. So, I met a couple business owners. I met a guy who has three, uh, three bookstores, novelty stores in uh, basically Harry Potter shops in Edinburgh and one in Hong Kong. And we've actually closed business. Um, I met a guy who runs, he's got three restaurants in Edinburgh. And it turns out in talking to both men, they both have a really strong view of employees having fun and employees smiling and having um, having programs that encourage them to enjoy the job because the customer service job. Hey, hi. Hey, hi. 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 So if it's a customer service job, it's important that you have people doing customer facing people who are happy. Right. I mean, I don't know why companies don't recognize that. It seems yeah. pretty obvious. If your employees are not happy personally, how are they going to be happy with their with the clients that you want them to service? It's it's interesting. It seems like there's these these trends throughout society that are happening. Like one of them is the organic food, where it's like, hey, if you eat food that is not as processed and more natural, you'll feel better after you eat it. And just what you were saying, it seems like it's a trend where it's, hey. If you take time for yourself, if you enjoy life, you're going to be more productive at work. It's just, I don't know, it's, it seems like a no-brainer to me, but when you, I don't know where the, the other philosophy even came from. I don't know who, who basically tried to work people like a slave driver. And Oh, well, it, once again, I'll, I'll point back to the TED Talk. It comes from the industrial age. It's mm. and, and the TED Talk, so for those that want to see it, it, it complements this book, um, uh, Being Seen and Being Heard as a Thought Leader. So if you just Google this, you also get to my TED Talk. And we're in the midst of this transformation from the industrial age society to the social age. And if you think about the industrial age, 1920, you can get whatever car you want and whatever color you want as long as it's a Model T and it's black. 
right? So, <laughs> so that's what life was. And, and what happened is when you worked in the industrial age, you, you had a job like, like Popeye where you'd screw in the, the torque and make the tire, right? You did one thing, one thing well, and, and people were commodities and you were optimized to do that one commodity thing. And in the social age, life is different. And I would say, generally speaking, we are 100 years later from the 1920 Model T, the quintessential element in the industrial age, to 2020 today. We're, we're only halfway towards what the social age will be. So if you think the transformation between the 1920s Model T and today have been huge, wait. And I'm not saying it's going to take another 100 years, but we're in this massive transformation. And what we're talking about now, employee life balance isn't going to be a phrase anymore because you, it'll be just it, right? You will have, right? Yes, it'll just be life. Well, that's, yeah. oh, man, that's um, uh, one of the reasons I want to go, one of the places I want to go, it's uh, Costa Rica, and one of the things that they say, it's, it's the greeting that they have there is Pura Vida, which means pure life. And so basically what, what they're saying, you say, hey, how are you doing? And they just say pure life. And it's, it's almost like saying like living the dream, but it's in reality, it's, yeah, I'm just, I'm living life. It's a pure just life and life is good. Mm. And that's what I want to I, for any business owner, for any employee, for anybody that's listening to this, I think that's the main takeaway that you should have is if somebody works for you and they don't enjoy their life and you can do something to help improve the quality of their life by changing mm -hmm. the job description or changing the environment, just do it. Just make it a better environment. Listen to the people that work with you listen to what they're asking for and give it to them. Like that's, that's what, uh, uh. And that sounds really simple. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but so powerful. Yeah. Just do it. That's, that's the main thing. Just do it. Give, give people what they want. Listen to your employees. Your employees are your customers and do the same thing for your customers. Listen to what they want. Give them exactly what they want, and you will be extremely successful. Mm. Well, anyways, we have come to the end of our time, Mitchell. That sounds like uh, a great wrap-up, by the way. Was there, was there anything that I should have asked you that I didn't? Oh, I, I, it's a great question. I, I, probably the only thing I'd say is can everyone in the world have work-life balance? And, and I want to say the answer really should be yes. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think today's generation is even a lot more inclined to make that a yes. If they're not happy, if they're not enjoying what they do, you'll see when your kids enter the workforce and, and as there's my, my son just, uh, he's doing his first intern. Uh, he just finished his sophomore year of college and, and this, this week he comes back on Monday and he goes, dad, and I don't remember this, by the way, I don't remember the, the enthusiasm was great. I'll just share this one story. He goes, dad, we have a two day work week, <laughs> right? So, cause he had, it's 4th of July. He had, he had three days off and he was so excited about that. And that means he's liking what he's doing, but it's not what he loves doing. 
right? Because he's got he's got three days off, a five day work week, and so I uh, can everyone position themselves in such a way where you can actually love what you do and work equals play. And I believe that's what the social agent is. We are doing what we love doing, or at least doing what we really enjoy doing and getting paid for it. And that's where we need to go. That's what we should be doing. That's what I want to see the world moving towards. Nice. I just had a thought. If no one accepts a job description, then that job won't exist right? No one accepts that job, then that job won't even exist. If there is a job that exists that does not allow a work-life balance, that job should no longer exist. And might be taken over by a computer or a robot. Well, might be taken over by a computer or a robot, or if nobody wants to do that job for the wages that are offered, then the wages need to be higher. Right. And the higher wages should allow for a better work-life balance. Let's apply either. that to school teachers. Yes. Oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, buddy. How do people reach out to you? Um, at, just send me, send me an email. It's uh, joshuahutchinsjones at gmail.com. Or um, you can just look me up on Facebook or Instagram, whatever, whatever you want. Perfect. And Mitchell, how, how do people reach out to you? Yeah, the same sort of thing. Just Google my name, Mitchell Levy, and connect to me on the platform you like. And – for those that have, so, so I'll connect you on, on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, Snap, Pinterest, Google+. And for those that have connected to me, I've been good at, at responding to all connections except for LinkedIn. So I've got a couple hundred requests that have happened over the last four weeks that I need to respond to. It's just with my LinkedIn connections, I, I want to be a little, I want to spend more time. I want to look at the profile, look at the site. And, and make a, a response that's, that has more time associated with it. And I just decided I'm not doing that while I'm on break. So if you've sent me a LinkedIn connection recently, I promise I'll respond to you shortly. <laughs> so, Josh, thanks. This was fun. Thanks for uh, making it this. Look forward to, uh, uh, for those that, jo- that joined us, thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to seeing you at the next episode of Grow Your 1099. 1099. Bye now. Take care, everybody. This is Mitchell Levy, the AHA guy from AHA That. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thought Leader Life, where I'm joined by one of our thought leadership co-hosts to create compelling thought leadership that will propel their status in their industry. To learn more about Thought Leader Life, go to thoughtleaderlife.com. And to learn more about creating and sharing your AHA moments, go to ahathat.com slash author where you can also find a link to book a strategy call. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.